Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon FXBG Public Radio or its sponsors. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, lowercase. You can see my, if you're watching, you can see the my email address, madman at fxbgpr.com. You want to drop me a line? I understand. Yeah, so hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. Um, I want to apologize. Start off with some apologies. I want to apologize to Scott Wharton and his This Is Not a Podcast podcast. It's not a podcast. It's not a podcast. I want to apologize, but uh, yeah, I get 11 beers in me, a baker's dozen, and the you know, Trolley McTrollstein comes out. All right, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are you laughing at? Trolley McTrollstein? Troll Olstein. Uh, Troll Olstein. <laughs> oh yeah, that's when I get that religious, religious bent to it. After thirteen beers, it's like, oh, he's, oh, y'all need Jesus. So I apologize. I, I apologize to you, Scott Warden. Check out his podcast. You can find it on YouTube, right? Yeah. So uh, check him out. Absolutely. Uh, I also want to apologize to FXBG Public Radio, in general, for my weird, slightly homoerotic rants that I sometimes post in our group, um, but, so, my bad. Um, also, it's, it's my understanding that most people see, oh, Madman posted something at 12.38 a.m., this is going to be good. Clicky! <laughs> so, there is that. Man, I can't wait for the, sne- the smear pan- campaign when you run for office. <laughs> Not running for office! <laughs> you have to be a sociopath to run for office. And that's the clip that they'll play on CNN. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that will be the clip. So, that man admits he's a sociopath. So, <laughs> so Mr. Robbins, uh, are you a sociopath? Go fuck yourself, Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Va- Valentine's Day is coming up. Um, yeah, Valentine's Day is coming up, and, and I'm still single, believe it or not. And so, uh, in honor of Valentine's Day, I want to sexually proposition the following women. I call this segment, You Can Get This. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rebecca Felgate. Ditch him. Grab your passport. Get on a trade heading southeast. Um, Should have had a soundbite for this. <laughs> you can get this. You can get this. <laughs> Play it every time. Uh uh, Sydney Watson, you're up in uh, you're up in DC still. Are you up in C- DC still? You're, you're just a short little train ride, Uber, just like an hour, just an, about about an hour. Come on down, visit us here. We'll put you behind the green screen. We'll let you edit video. We, I know you edit video. We need a good video editor. Come on down, baby. But please, please, do the goth makeup. Those pictures you posted of the goth makeup and the black nail polish. Oh, God, I love goth girls. I grew up in the 90s, all right? Goth is sexy. Let's be honest. Mm. Like a purple, like a dark purple streak in your hair. Oh! Sydney Watson, you could get this. Uh, Too Cute Maddie. Uh, yeah, from Louder with Crowder, you can get this. Um, but you got to come to me because uh, you're just a six. Um, Scarlett Johansson, you can get me, um, and you'll probably remain on this for another 15, 20 years for obvious reasons. Uh, Amber Heard, now this is a newcomer to the list, so, um, 
But I just want to say, uh, yeah, try throwing your hands at me. See what happens. All right? I'm not Johnny Depp, okay? Okay? You know, I never thought I'd feel sorry for Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, man. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. I've been doing that a lot lately. Uh, let's see who else we got. You can get this. Uh, Elizabeth Shue, always and forever on this list, no matter how, how old we both get. Um, Elizabeth Hurley, you could get this. I don't care if you made a pact with a demon or something like that. It, I don't understand how you're still that hot. It doesn't make sense. Um, let's see. Let's get a little closer to home. Uh, thin ginger chick at Wawa with too much makeup. You can get this. You don't need the makeup, sweetheart. You're natural. You're natural. Uh, and the weird ginger chick I used to work with. I thought we were pretty close to banging. Then poof. Ghosted me. Anyway, I, I, yeah, I have a thing for gingers and weird women generally. So that's my plea to try to get laid. This Valentine's Day is depressing. I was just talking with EK about depressing comics like Bo Burnham and Patton Oswalt. I love them. I love those performers. They're excellent. And I think it's because we connected. I connected with them on the, on the whole depression thing. I, I initially got into an argument. It's like, Bo Burnham's not depressed. And I was like, dude, that dude guy, that guy's definitely depressed. Um, I had an argument about him. Anyway, so uh, today's main topic is why I won't see birds of prey. Um, now, I've been hearing things. I heard that Ewan McGregor said that it's a feminist movie, and I figure he must have deposited his paycheck before he said that because that just seems to make sense. I, that's what I would do. I'd make sure my check cleared before, the check cleared before saying something like that. I've also heard that there's a uh, no redeemable uh, male characters in the movie, which is uh, kind of not surprising. Um, I also heard that there's a line where Harley Quinn says, uh, I voted for Bernie, or that's, or that's why the Ewan McGregor wanted to kill her or something like that. It's because she voted for Bernie. And uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of very mentally ill people supporting Bernie Sanders right now. And Harley Quinn is um, a very mentally ill person. And mentally ill people like people like Bernie Sanders. Anyway. And so... I just, I hate the idea of Hollywood trying to influence um, our culture aggr that aggressively. You know what I mean? Now, um, comic books and like it, Star Wars and, and so forth, because I mean, we can't really talk about this without talking about Disney. And Disney owns a property for like uh, the Marvel, Marvel and, and Star Wars. And over the last few years, you know, there's been a lot of this uh, pushed diversity within the movies to the point where it's, it's more important than the plot itself. It's more important than making a good movie. You know, you got a bunch of guys who say, like, we get a hold of this intellectual property of Star Wars. We get to write our own script. And they're sitting there writing the script. And there's some social justice warrior knocking on the, on the door every now and then saying, oh, we got to have black people in it. Oh, we got to make sure there's not too many white people in the cast. Oh, we got to make sure that there's a lesbian kiss somewhere. We got to make sure all that happens. And these guys can't write a, great, a good story because they have to fulfill all these uh, bullshit requirements. I don't like that. I don't like that, you know, 
Star Wars has turned into this social justice crusade. You know, make the story good. When Star Wars first came out in 1977, it lit our culture on fire. It lit American culture on fire. And it wasn't because of some progressive angle that uh, Star Wars had. You leave that shit to Star Trek. All right, Star Trek has, you know, they don't have a story. So they just uh, uh, lean on progressivism and um, uh, technobabble and uh, uh, what's the other thing? Progressivism, technobabble, and uh, uh, inter-office drama. And that's all the Star Trek is. And Star Trek is fine. I shouldn't have to start liking Star Trek more than Star Wars because you start using the Star Trek formula on Star Wars. I know I was talking about, like, let's come back to it's like why I won't see Birds of Prey. It's because over the last few years, these movies have become more and more about um, uh, these progressive ideas and so forth. Now, when it comes to uh, Captain Marvel... We, we let it go. We let it go that you completely glossed over the fact that Captain Marvel Marvel was a uh, Cree. He was Cree. Uh, he was a Cree, but he was a guy. He was a white guy. We went, we said, okay, fine. But the problem is, is that somebody came in some, you know, some purple hat haired vegan hangry bitch came in the room and she's, she's like, oh, there's too many male superheroes. We got to turn this into a female superhero because feminism. You know, we let that go. You know why? Because nerds are okay with seeing hot chicks fighting crime, you know? And that's why my nerd friends went to go see it because they say, hey, that's Margot Robbie, man. You, you saw, you've seen Margot Robbie, right? Are you not more mad that they didn't feature more of the actual female comic book characters? That that's were- the point. This is, uh, I've also heard that this is a straight-up Harley Quinn movie. It's not really birds of prey. And when it comes to empowering, interesting women characters, think about the Huntress. Apparently, she only has like a cameo role in that movie. Huntress is a very interesting character and very empowering. You know, her backstory is incredibly interesting. Being part of a crime family, you know, and then she's like out for revenge. She's a very interesting antihero. And I don't see why you can't focus on a more interesting character like that. I can't stand Harley Quinn. That bitch started in a cartoon. All right. And that's where she should have remained. I don't like Harley Quinn, but you, you make her sexy, and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll look at pictures of Margot Robbie dressed like Harley Quinn. I'll look at all those convention girls dressed up like Harley Quinn. I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I'm not much of one, but I'm still a man. Okay, I'm sorry. And the reason, the reason here, here, here's the reason why Black Panther was such a good movie, besides the fact that the excellent acting, the costume design was amazing, and. Uh, the reason why it was a good movie is because nobody said to anybody who was writing that movie, say, hey, why can't Black Panther be a white guy? Nobody said that. You know why? Because a guy named T'Challa, who's a prince, eventually a king of an African kingdom, turns out he's a heterosexual black guy. Turns out there's a lot of black people in Africa. All right? If you write a story that's based in St. Paul, Minnesota, odds are it's going to be a white person that's the main character. A lot of white people in St. Paul, Minnesota. Minnesota. My point is that this objective, these, uh, these objectives are very similar to uh, a guy, uh, what's his name? Joseph Goebbels. You know, this guy is like, you're starting to put all this propaganda into film, trying to influence culture. You cannot influence culture. Culture is its own animal. All these conservatives out here are like getting... Uh, <laughs> getting just trounced by social media, 
people getting canceled on social media, people get canceled on YouTube, you know, uh, being shadow banned where people, your, your, uh, your videos aren't recommended to other people who might be interested in your content. Now, YouTube has no, uh, these people have no right to promote, have no uh, obligation to promote your content. And that's fair. But the point is, is that if, if there were a true free speech on the internet, I think that you would see on social media a flood of conservatives that are being held back. All right? People are sick and tired of being, it's like, you're screwing up, you're screwing up my favorite shit. My, my favorite shit is Star Wars and comic books, and you're fucking it up just trying to promote some social agenda. I'm sorry. Like, the people that you have to have in every single movie are like 10% of the human population. Not everyone has to be gay. Not everyone has to be black. You know? And just because the girl's named Black Canary doesn't mean she has to be black. That's almost as racist as black lightning. Lightning, is it lightning black? It is. It's, yeah, it's, it's black in the comics. Fair enough. In, in the comic books? Yeah. Why didn't they do that on the TV show? I don't know. It's... No, I didn't even think about that until you pointed it out. Why didn't they do that in the TV Why show? Why is he Black Lightning? It's just because he showed up one day and he's like, he's got lightning powers. He's like, hey, you must be Black Lightning. I guess I'll accept that name. You know? It made sense that the lightning was black. <laughs> I would hope the lightning is black. Then it wouldn't be racist. Racist lightning. Now, I'm not saying that the original Star, Star Wars movies were, were good. Right, uh, even in Empire Strikes Back, they're, they're like, oh, we need a black guy. There's the, the cast of, of the Star Wars is too white. And fair enough. And, but they did make it. It was Billy D. fucking Williams, and it was Lando Calrissian, the best character in that movie. Uh, I love Lando. And uh, I, even liked, I even liked Lando in uh, Solo. Uh, he's, he's one of my favorite characters, especially because of uh, Empire Strikes Back. I mean, that guy, I mean, the Rebels were already on the run. You know, Han, Han Leia, and Chewie, you know, they, they were on the run for a while. They're already, like, uh, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel. But Lando, you know, he was running Cloud City, you know? He was running it all, and he gave it all up to do the right thing. And then for the rest of the movie, he gets bullied by an entitled princess and a Wookiee. Poor guy. Love for Lando. And even, uh, even in Return of the Jedi, you got the whole concept of the Vietnam War. The entire thing on Endor is a, is a metaphor for the Vietnam War. Okay. Okay. And we didn't mind it. We didn't mind the QD walks. As long as we got a cool lightsaber fight, a cool starship battle, it was fine because the story for Return of the Jedi was still good. Hollywood's run out of ideas, and because they have no ideas to make good stories, all they're doing is pushing diversity because they don't know what else to write. And I can't believe, you know, I can't believe that they threw away all that, uh, that Star Wars fiction, that, you know, like the Thrawn series and stuff like that after, when uh, Disney got a hold of that property. People love that stuff. People want to remember it. Now you're just throwing it away saying it's not canon. That pisses off the nerds. And when Brie Larson comes on, uh, uh, on and says, you know, I don't care if I piss off men with my movie, they should, you know, it's like, most of your audience for comic book movies are men. It's like turning to Jordan Peterson. It's like, why are so many men watching you? And he's like, oh, like, I have any control over that? You know, um, best wishes to Jordan Peterson. Apparently, he's been really ill lately. And, 
He's over in Russia getting treatment. Thoughts and prayers out to him. I like that guy. He talks like Kermit the Frog, and he says smart things. How can you not like that guy? Oh, you, oh you're just mad about the transgender issue? Grow up. Anyway, I want to look over here my, through my notes, see if I missed anything. Yeah, somebody over at these movie studios is pushing this, I, these agendas, and I really don't like it. I really don't like the idea that, uh, that, uh, that men, are, men are like inherently evil. You know, this mansplaining, man-spreading, all this bullshit. It's like fighting the patriarchy. It's just a bunch of spoiled little children pissed off at their dad. Fight the patriarchy. Yeah, I hate my dad too. That's, that's what it is. All right? I guess I'm lucky that I love my dad. And so I don't need to fall into all this bullshit. I have to find, oh, I gotta find a way to make people think I'm tolerant. Because I'm a white guy, and everyone looks at me and is like, oh, look, there goes a white guy. He must be racist because of his skin color. Ooh, what is going on in your heads? What is going on in your heads to think that stuff? And I think everyone agrees that in many ways, Hollywood is out of ideas. Um, <laughs> if you give a shit at all about the Oscars, which I don't, and fuck you, Steven Crowder, for roping me into watching that thing, even if it's vicariously while watching your show. I don't know. For some, I, you know, I spent the time. It was almost a four-hour show. I sat there. I watched it. That's on me. That's on me. It's not on you, Stephen. Sorry. But my point is, is these uh, these people in Hollywood, they have no real ideas of their own. And you know, if you think that like Natalie Portman is a smart person, it's because somebody who was smart wrote her lines. Okay, Black Swan. She didn't write that. Okay. In fact, it's kind of a very cliche tale because, um, you know, it's based on a play and shit. But, um, but it wasn't cats. The, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> these people come out and, you know, it's like, oh, we shouldn't. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. God damn, that guy. I don't know. I, I think watching his brother die really fucked that guy up. I mean, yeah, I never thought I'd feel sorry for Joaquin Phoenix, but. Wow. That, uh, you really care about inseminating cows and stealing the babies? It's funny, you know, the, the, like, uh, oh, this, the sacred baby that we're taking away from the cow, but it's okay for human people to murder them in the womb, uh, 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 human babies in the womb. So I don't know. I think maybe your priorities are messed up. Ugh. Anyway, so I'm not going to go see... Birds of Prey, because uh, apparently it's not the Birds of Prey. Huntress is in there for like a half a minute, I hear. And uh, Black Canary, completely different person. Uh, I, I was hoping for a blonde in leggings, because the, only, the, the real reason I hate Green Arrow is because of Black Canary. It's like, you don't deserve that, pal. You do not deserve that. You are a liberal dickhead, Green Arrow. It was fun. It's funny because I think that if I joined the JLA, he'd be the one I'd be arguing with the most. Batman goes over. Don't engage him. There's no point. You're not changing that guy's mind. Those, 
those years on that island really messed with that guy's head. <laughs> That's probably what Batman would say to you. <laughs> okay, let's talk about craps. You ever play craps? I like craps. I like to play craps. It's a really quick game. And uh, you really got to kind of know what you're doing. But I'm going to tell you how to win at craps casino style. Don't play that basement bullshit. Don't do that. No, 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 no. You got loaded dice. You got robberies. You got all sorts of nonsense going on over there. So, okay. So here's how to win at craps. Always wait for the coming out roll to begin betting. Bet the pass line. Then and only then. Never back up that bet or bet the come line. Never bet the come line. What are you thinking? The point is irrelevant. The field is where you make your money. When a field number is not rolled, bet the field. Minimum bet. When you lose the field bet, on the next roll, triple your bet on the field. Repeat that formula until you make your money back in the field or you're broke and you go home. Or to hit the slots for a while. Nickel, nickel slots for a while. Anyway, when you win back on the field, you revert back to your minimum bet on the field. But only bet when the field number is not rolled. Somebody rolls a seven or an eight or six, don't bet the field. Oh, that's when you bet the field. I'm sorry. Anyway, so if you keep up this pattern, for a while you'll find yourself with some extra chips, maybe. And feel free to occasionally bet the hard ways or the horn. They can really pay off for you. Um, bon chance. I, I had a dream I was playing crap, so I wanted to talk about it. All right, uh, let's see. I got this. This is kind of like a freeform section here. Should we start with, let's talk about the first guy who ever had an inner monologue. Now, uh, human, human consciousness is... Uh, uh, developed slowly over time. The evolution between chimp and human, you know, is arguably an interesting time uh, in human evolution because not a lot is known about, you know, what happened there. And slowly, uh, human brains started becoming bigger and bigger and being able to process stuff. And EK and I were joking the other day, is like, what if you're that first human being who started having thoughts in the and realized that, you know, that, uh, but you didn't know where they came from? Like, just some guy one day wakes up and he's like, hey, what, what is that? Why am I thinking about apples? Why am I thinking, now I'm thinking about water. Why do I say I love water? It must be the God of apples and the God of water. What's that now? I gotta pee. Ah, what's going on in my head? Who's talking to me? That must have happened. That must have happened. And that's why they came up with all these gods, because, you know, the people were like, uh, well, this is not mine. Why am I thinking about peeing? I don't ha Oh, I do have to pee. The gods are influencing me. So I don't know what EK was trying to get at like that. I, mean, I think maybe he was trying to get at the idea that uh, the, idea, the concept of God is just our collective schizophrenia in humanity. <laughs> Who's that voice in my head? What was that? I'm not trying to make fun of schizophrenic people, but uh, isn't that what's wrong with them? A schizophrenic person doesn't recognize that those are his thoughts. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure it was a shocker to the guy who or woman who uh, first experienced this, because there were no transgender back then. They were either one or the other. Oh wait, it's kind of like how it is today. Um, 
Yeah, so I was, I was wondering, what do you think? What do you think about that? You can contact me at madmanfxpgpr.com if you want to talk about the first guy who had an inner monologue. First guy. What? It's like Samuel from the Bible. You know the, the story of Samuel, where uh, Samuel is, uh, he keeps hearing voices. Hey, were you calling me? Somebody call my name. No, no, go back to bed. Hey, I heard, thought I heard someone call my name again. No, you're having thoughts. You're having thoughts, kid. It's all in your head. Start talking to it if you have to. Just quit waking me up. <laughs> oh. I guess you got to know your Bible stuff to know that. Get, get, get all that. Anyway, let's talk about uh, pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this clip, but apparently uh, uh, Alexandria, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, said something like, to the effect of pick, your up, pick yourself up by the bootstraps uh, is, is physically impossible. And, uh, wow, wow, what do, you, what do you say to that? If I, were, if I were in that room and she said, you know, picking yourself up by your bootstraps is, is physically impossible. Uh, excuse me. I would have to say, it's like, uh, Congresswoman, uh, this is really coming out of left field. What field? I don't see a field. Is there a field here? What field are you talking about? And then you'd have to sit there and explain to her what a colloquialism idiom let's go with idiom what an idiom is okay and so uh you and i were talking about this the other day about how uh john uh john mulhaney has this joke about ice tea on svu where they're explaining uh the the cast is explaining to ice tea what sex addiction is and then finally finally it starts getting through to him and the ice tea goes oh so like when somebody spends too much money betting on the ponies or when Somebody smokes too many cigarettes, you know, or when, when somebody plays too many scratchy lotteries. Yeah, yeah, Ice Tea. Yeah, yeah Ice Tea. Now you're getting it. <laughs> but you could do the same thing, like have Ice Tea sitting there, you know, talking with AOC, is like trying to explain to both of them what an idiom is. And so uh, you're like. Uh, so, like, it's not like they're real butterflies in your stomach, but it's just a fluttering sensation. In your stomach? That's, that's right. It's like, <laughs> or, or you mean, oh, oh, I get it. Like when somebody saves up their money and goes to night school, earns an economics degree, and then runs for Congress and wins. Yeah, Ice-T. That's exactly like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She picked herself up by her bootstraps. She was a fucking bartender. Now she's in Congress. She's shitty at it, but she picked herself up by her bootstraps. It's an idiom. Why do you have to explain jokes to these woke people? Why do they willfully ignore satire, humor? Idioms! What is wrong with you, woman? Like when someone goes and joins the army for four years and learns a trade? Or when a single mom goes to night classes and gets a better job. That's right, Ice-T. That's right. That's picking yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, and I, I feel bad because it seems like we have to cater to people this dumb. We have to explain this shit. 
I don't know why I have to sit here and explain every single joke. I shouldn't. That's the way I, I roll. You know, I'm going to make my weird Bible references, and if you don't get it, you're dumb, I guess, or just you know different things than I do, and that's more realistic. It's not that I'm smarter than you or anything. It's just like I have way more time because I never get laid. So I get to read a lot and absorb a lot of podcasts. I was going to say, so you read a lot of the Bible? I've read it like four times. It's More than most. Yeah, uh, it's... I don't know. I like, I like the part where the donkey starts talking to the guy. <laughs> that always makes me laugh. I was like, I always wondered, like, if you can abuse an animal. Not that I'd ever do this. I just wondered if you can abuse an animal to the point where it starts speaking to you in your native tongue. <laughs> I mean, is there, is there some switch inside the brain? I mean, if, if this really happened, do you... There has to be an explanation for it. Let's ask Joe Rogan. Oh, you know, they're, 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 uh, it was the acacia tree. They're, they're uh, smoking DMT. And that's what all that religion... Okay, thank you, Joe Rogan. Thank you. It's all about, this. It's all about that DMT. <laughs> anyway, so it's, it's about that time to get into the news worth knowing. I gotta be honest, Joe Biden, this is probably probably the best Democratic candidate that's been suggested yet. So Joe Biden says Democrats can run Mickey Mouse against Trump and have a chance. You know, I think you have a point. I think you have a point. A much better chance than you do, Joe Biden. Anyway, former Vice President Joe Biden declared on Tuesday that Mickey Mouse... Excuse me. Former Vice President Joe Biden declared on Tuesday that Mickey Mouse would have a shot against President, President Trump in the general election. So voters shouldn't worry about Bernie Sanders winning the nomination. Oh, somebody forgot about Steamboat Willie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Huh? That, could, that could be one of Mickey's old tweets brought up from the past. Anyway, so uh, Biden, who's 77, appeared on MSNBC's Morning Joe uh, from New Hampshire. And uh, namesake co-host Joe Scarborough uh, asked the 2020 presidential hopeful about the importance of winning Senate seats. As the tense of Democrats are about beating Donald, Tr- Donald Trump, getting Mitch McConnell out of the position as a majority leader of the Senate, not that far behind, Scarborough said. Would a Bernie Sanders at the top of the tip- ticket make it more likely that Democrats should lose important swing states and Mitch McConnell would become the majority leader again? Biden called Sanders a decent guy who labeled himself as a Democratic socialist, which is just socialist, by the way. It's, you know, the Democratic doesn't mean anything, uh, which he doesn't feel will help a certain states, particularly the South. Uh, this is Joe talking. Because talk about baggage, man. You know, we're going into those states as a Democratic socialist. Into all the states as a Democratic socialist. How does somebody run and not have that label attached to them? Uh, so co-host Willie Geist, 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 forgive me said that some influential Democrats don't think Sanders is electable as a, result, as a result of the socialism tag, but Biden disagreed. Mostly it's the Harley Quinns of the world who are so in love with Biden. Um, quote, I refuse to suggest that any Democrat can lose. I, I think we could run Mickey Mouse against this president and have a shot, Biden said. Co-host Mike Brzezinski said, wow, as the New Hampshire crowd applauded. Uh, <laughs> we'll, get to, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in this next thing. Uh, Here's the thing, is that, um, Joe, Mickey Mouse is not a real person, and I'm starting to think that you aren't either. 
okay? Because there is something very wrong with your head when you say shit like, lying dog face pony soldier. What the fuck, dude? You, you don't know about this, EK? Yeah, he called some person to ask him questions. Like, no, you're a lion, you're a lion dog, dog face pony soldier. Joe, Joe Biden still thinks it's 1962 where it's okay to kiss your granddaughter on the lips. Okay? <laughs> One more time with the pony soldier. He called somebody Sarah Jessica Parker? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe it was Sarah Jessica Parker. He just fumbled over the words? <laughs> anyway, so Biden's been, if you follow this at all, you know that Biden's he's on his way out. He's back, sliding back into irrelevancy. And so, uh, but we'll always have those clips. You know, and I had the, the little blonde hairs on my leg, and you know, the kids would run their hands down the side of my leg and watch the hairs pop out. We'll have all of that to remember you by, Joe Biden. We'll remember it fondly. We'll remember it fondly. So, yeah, uh, Mickey Mouse. Now, if you're running, like, fictional people, do you think, like, Mickey Mouse could would beat SpongeBob? Oh, SpongeBob? No, Sponge, no. I don't think Mickey Mouse would beat SpongeBob. I think, Mick, I think SpongeBob I think, would win against I think, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I think SpongeBob would win, too. SpongeBob doesn't have the history of racism. Right. <laughs> um, but that's the point, is that, you know, Joe Biden's still living like 1962 and shit. Green Lantern, what's that? So, uh... <laughs> if you were going to put somebody from the Disney kingdom... Uh, I'm sure Mickey Mouse is a nice guy, but I don't think he's the right person for our country. I think it would need to be... Uh, the wizard, right? The, the, the apprentice, the sorcerer, the sorcerer, the sorcerer. Right. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like that Disney era. He's only, he only did that one thing. He may be tough to work with, and that's why he was only in Fantasia for that little bit. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. So yeah, I mean, so but I don't know. Maybe like uh, I think I think uh, Cinderella might be pretty savvy. Pinocchio. No. You don't want to possess toy. <laughs> but but you'd know if he was lying. I think if Cinderella were running and... Uh, Rags to riches story. Yeah. You know, she's a girl who picked herself up by her bootstraps. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's why I think Cinderella would make uh, an excellent, excellent run. She could beat out Mickey Mouse if she were running for office. She's probably Democrat. But that's fine. Oh man! Now, now, now! I want to. I've got this concept in my head of like the Disney princess political battles, like <laughs> the, the debate of the Disney princess. The debate of the Disney. Who would win? Uh, the girls. What from, would? Well, how would they each deal with the different topics? Yeah, the girls from Frozen would be like the squad. You know, right? They'd be the worst. And then and you'd have like the girl from Brave would be a part of the squad as well. Little Mermaid would have to be there. I think Snow White, Cinderella. You got You have to have all the classics. The good thing about uh, Sleeping Beauty. Well, no, no. The good thing about um, uh, the Little Mermaid in Congress is that you know she really doesn't take up a whole lot of time on the floor. You know, right? <laughs> she she's always yielding the rest of her time to everybody else. You know, she's nodding in yeah, approval or dis- disapproval and <laughs> clicking a va- ballot because <laughs> she lost her voice. Right. 
Right. She's a little mermaid. She doesn't have a voice anymore. But if there was a tank. Well, that's a, a dunk tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where if she there could, was if there was a dunk tank and a in microphone Congress. microphone in the water. Yeah. Um <laughs> That's a funny thing about the little mermaid. She's like uh now uh, uh, my sinister plan is I'm going to take away your voice that way you can't uh seduce him with your singing. It's like, what am I going to do with the rest of this naked oh, body? Oh, no. <laughs> a woman who doesn't talk at all. That's so horrible. No man would never would ever want that. <laughs> you make that joke, but that would be torture to be with somebody Fair enough. silent. Yeah, that's, that's always. true. That's true. That would be, like, especially knowing that they could talk or, what, or had thoughts and didn't express them. What, what I liked about Splash is that when she's talked, when she spoke her native language, that she broke all the glasses and stuff like that because it's ultrasonic, and it, that makes sense. And I was like, that's the most realistic thing I've ever seen in Splash. That makes sense. The high-pitched stuff that breaks glass. <laughs> that does make sense. But then you start thinking about Dar- Bang and Daryl Hannah, and she, like, she loses it. She can't not stray from her language can't stay in english uh, yeah you start breaking start windows to, yeah start to bleed. bleeding yeah. ears <laughs> yeah i gotta quit banging this girl how hot no matter how hot she is my ears are bleeding <laughs> my, my ears are bleeding i got dizzy spells <laughs> poor tom hanks um i was talking i was referring to the award show the oscars poor tom hanks um <laughs> Uh, the coronavirus outbreak is a very grave threat for the rest of the world. This is from the World Health Organization. Uh, a day after the, a team of the WHO uh, medical experts arrived in China to help investigate the deadly coronavirus outbreak, the health agency's director said the virus poses a very grave threat for the rest of the world. Over 1,000 people in China have died after contra- contracting the virus, which has sickened over 43,000 others globally. Just under 400 of those cases have been con- confirmed in countries outside of China. With 99% of cases in China, that means that uh, very much an emergency for that country, but one that holds a very grave threat for the rest of the world. WHO Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, I think I got that right. He said during a video conference with hundreds of researchers on Tuesday, that's today, in an appeal to researchers who had dialed in to the conference room from all over the world, Tedros called for more collaboration in order to fast-track rapid diagnostic testing and vaccines. Quote, it's hard to believe that just two months ago, the virus, which has come to captivate the attention of the media, financial markets, and political leaders, was completely unknown to us, Tedros said, adding that these are very, uh, these are still many un- there are still many unknowns about the virus, including paths of transmission and exactly how it originated. Quote, to defeat this outbreak, we need answers to all those questions and more, he said. And he met with all these Chinese people and stuff like that. Keep people from dying. Here's the thing. Um, I, from what I've read, that there's like a 1% mortality to coronavirus. Uh, the idea that you could get it is probably fairly low. It depends on where you live. If you live close to an urban center, you know where the people are and all the danger is. You know, uh, if you live close to an urban center, then you should be a little bit worried. Me in Fredericksburg, I'd never go downtown, you know, um, but I do hold, hold doors open for people at Wawa, no matter who they are. I'll probably get it from a door handle. But the mortality rate of this is about 1%. 1% of people will die. But if we're talking about, people have said like 60% of the world could be, possibly be infected, that still means like millions of people. Millions of people could die. 
I think over 1,000 have died already. So I'm not saying move to Boulder just yet, or Vegas, depending upon your morality. What I'm saying is that um, definitely be careful. I'm not saying I've seen fools driving around with masks on in here in Fredericksburg. Don't be, don't be that paranoid, all right? If you get sick, odds are you're going to live through it. It may suck, and some people may die. But I'm telling you, you can't live your life uh, living in fear, you know? Not, maybe it's just that I'm okay. It's like, oh, if I died, you know, if I died today, you know, I really wouldn't care. I mean, it was fun but not that fun. And so I, I guess I'm just not afraid of death the way some people are. And if you're so like, so scared that you're like over preparing, buying a ton of masks, which may not help you, by the way, you could get it through your mucous membranes, through your eyes, through your eyeballs. So why are you opening it? It's an alien planet. Is there air? You don't know. If you want to panic like that, like guy <laughs> from, you want to panic like Guy for, what was that movie? Galaxy Quest? Yeah. Go ahead. You're just raising your own blood pressure. You know, just don't, you know, don't expect me to get all bent out of shape. And if I catch the illness and you stand over me with your hermetic mask on and stuff like that, you're, you can laugh at me all you want. It's like, I told you. And I was like, yeah, you did. Enjoy the remains of what left, what is left of this world. Write a bunch of Twilight Zone episodes, because a lot of Twilight Zone episodes <laughs> begin like that. Okay. So, um, here's a, a more pressing... You know Guy was Sam Rockwell, right? Of course. Like, like, what, that, what guy a, killed, that guy killed every performance I've ever seen what a, him in. What, I was going to say, what an actor. Have you seen... Uh, uh, oh, Moon? Green not, Mile? Yeah, Moon was great. Uh, he was in one with Anna Kendrick that I really, really liked. Was that where he was like a serial Hitman, killer? Yeah. yeah, Hitman, yeah. That was like a series. Yeah, that guy killed every role I've ever seen him in. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Green Mile. It was like, whoo. What a character. Makes you wonder. I mean, he's a, he's a weird looking dude, but man, can he act. You know? Mr. Right. Mr. Right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, here's a more pressing, more dangerous news item here. Um, Africa locust invasion is spreading, may become most de devastating plague in living memory, the UN warns. Okay, an outbreak of billions of locusts continues to swarm parts of East Africa and devour its vital farmland. The United Nations warned Monday that the region, already suffering from extreme hunger, simply cannot afford another major shock. The horde... The horde of desert locusts have been destroying crops in Kenya in the worst infestation to hit the nation in 70 years. The insects invaded Kenya last month from neighboring Somalia and Ethiopia, which haven't seen an outbreak on this level in a quarter century. Uh, now the waves and waves of swarms are uh, spreading further across the region, said Keith Cressman in UN Food Agricultural Organizations, FAO. Uh, senior locust forecast. There's a job called Senior Locust Forecasting Officer? Must be serious. You only got to do your job once every 17 years? No, here's the thing, though, about, about locusts, is that um, they have varied um, uh, breeding patterns, year patterns. It's like some are like four years, some are like three years, some are like seven years. 
and some are like even more than that. I can't remember them all, but somebody said like there's, it's always in multiples, you know? So there's going to be a perfect storm. That's right. There's going to be a perfect storm where like all the species. It's a plague of locusts. Exactly. All the species wake up in one year and devastate devastate the crops. Hell, speaking of the Bible. Once they sync up and start banging, mm -hmm. then there will be. Yeah. I mean, there was even in the Bible. It'll be a never ending plague. Yeah. Even in the Bible, there was a plague of locusts. All right. So this is a ve- this has been a very real thing, re- real threat for a very long time, and you know everyone who says is like, oh, we're destroying the planet is like, you know, the planet's going to destroy us. You know, one of these days uh, there's going to be a super, and we need to fight back. Exactly, there's going to be some irradiated locust that went to, that went into the ground like uh, during Chernobyl and Three Mile Island. They pop out and they're six feet tall and they and they're carnivorous. Oh, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> It's so much more interesting than a coronavirus outbreak, and we all die of the flu. Boring. Giant locusts biting people's heads off? Awesome. That's what I'm talking about, Hollywood. How hard is it to write good concepts? Like giant locusts attacking. Well, you did the Sharknado thing and snakes on a plane, so. All right, fair enough. Yeah, so obviously this... uh, There were like seven Sharknado movies. There were a lot of them. Yeah. But, uh... So obviously the the issue with these locusts is that they are like they're tearing up all the crops of the people who live in Africa who um by the way need to eat. I don't know if you know that about humans. And you know, even though they're black, they still need to eat. That's just uh how humanity is. I saw this thing about mud cakes. Uh, oh, what? They make like mud cakes and they eat mud cakes. Look, I need to get a look at that. Here's the point is that they, they're going to have to like uh, they're going to start have to start catching the locusts. I don't know, man. Like in, in some of those countries over there, like chocolate covered critters are are that's like a delicacy. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Like when, when they catch the locusts, that might be like yeah, hell yeah. That's why there's not a whole lot of corona outbreaks in Africa because people don't want to eat insects. People want to hang out in rich cities like Wuhan and eat bats, New York and Boston <laughs> and Chicago. That's what <laughs> and eat bats. <laughs> Is that an Ann Coulter reference? <laughs> Is that an Ann Coulter reference from EK? Mm. That is beer and it's delicious. <clears throat> anyway, three stories in, 15 minutes more to go. Yeah, so obviously the issue with the, the locusts is that uh, uh, people need to eat and locusts will eat like crops. Uh, Africa is the problem with Africa is one too many warlords. Uh, two is like they're not properly exploiting their resources, and that's why people aren't uh, being able, you know, are starving in Africa. Also, it's a song about werewolves. You talking about the Toto song? Yeah, it's a song about werewolves. Dude, you got to read into the lyrics. It's about a werewolf. I, I don't honestly. I'll have to look that up later. I wish I could have some interesting retort. When you look it up, you're going to be like, I can't believe this is the thing I didn't know about. But here's the thing. If you're going to make a song about werewolves, do it like Warren Zavon did. Oh, it was so subtle, though. It's, it's so subtle that it, it, like, you can't unsee it once you see it. I'll, I'll look that up later. Thanks for derailing the narrative again. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is why I'm, I shouldn't be It's what be you room. do. It's what, engineer, it's why keep your mic room. off. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I, I'm just happy you're not chewing tobacco. I'm going to throw something at you. Keep bothering me. 
What can I throw at you? Pack of cigarettes. Not my phone. I got water bottles over here. All right, we'll be good. This, uh, this desk looks like the piano of uh, Freddie Mercury's piano. Gross. In Wembley, 1986. Beer, water. Spit. Spittle. <laughs> you know Freddie spit a lot when he talked, you know. He had extra teeth. Not that I have extra teeth. I just spit when I talk because I'm a sloppy drunk. Anyway, I just want to congratulate these people in Richmond who are wisely spending my tax dollars. In sarcasm. Uh, so only married couples can have sex according to legal loopholes still on the books in Virginia. Democratic state legislators, slaters, Democratic state legislators in the Virginia House of Delegates repealed the crime of fornication last week in the state that has long used the slogan, Virginia is for lovers, to attract tourists, Fox 40 reported. Currently, fornication is a class four misdemeanor, class four misdemeanor, and carries a fine of up to $250. Quote, it's a stupid law. It's crazy. Democratic delegate Mark Levine, who introduced HB 245, said, uh, no one should think that they should be prosecuted for this common practice. The Virginia Supreme Court struck down the law in 2005 as unconstitutional government intrusion, unconstitutional government intrusion, though it remains in the Code of Virginia. The bill now moves to the Senate. Quote, now that the Democrats are in power, I'm thrilled to get it off the books, Levine said. Levine said that the old law leads to contempt among his fellow citizens because so many Virginians have already committed the so-called crime. Quote, how is Virginia for lovers if lovers can't love each other, Levine said. More recently, Massachusetts and Utah repealed similar laws, while Idaho and North Carolina have similar laws still on the books. Uh, here's the point. You can't legislate what goes on in people's bedrooms. Okay? Nobody's kicking down doors like, how are you guys fucking? You guys married? I have a question. Any sodomy going on in here? I have a question about, yeah. about the law. Okay. A class three and class four misdemeanors are the ones that are just fines. Yeah, right. usually. Like, those are the, like, are there limits to those? Can you just get misdemeanor after misdemeanor after misdemeanor? There's no, like, limit? Because it's just a fine, right? So you could just keep getting misdemeanors. But how many cops are you fucking in front of? I, All right? I, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just curious about the law. Like, how many, can you, is there any, is there any limit? But here's the point. If, if, if a cop in Virginia, a state trooper in Virginia, or even your county uh, 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 deputy is not going to come up to two teens fucking in a car and saying, oh, I'm also throwing on this charge of you're not married? Oh, I'm also throwing on that charge. If it is, that's a dick cop. And the other cops at the station should make fun of him because he's a dick. All right? Because it's stupid. It's stupid to spend our tax dollars trying to just erase something. I don't know. That doesn't matter. I think the policy should be call the parents. <laughs> Well, when it, in that particular situation, <laughs> I'm going to call your parents, let them know you're fornicating. And if, absolutely, if, if they're under, if they're under like consent, like under 17. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. No fine. You're, I'm telling your parents. <laughs> I'm gonna, I know who you are, Kathy, and I'm going to call your mama, and I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell your daddy in church. <laughs> oh God! In small towns, that would be a yes! nightmare. Yes. And that's how it's usually handled. If a class four misdemeanor, it, it, which is what this is, right? Class four is what you said? Yeah. That's yeah. a $250 fine in Virginia. Yeah. 
And if you're if you get a class four misdemeanor for having sex and you have to pay the state because you had sex, doesn't that kind of make the state your pimp? Well, I'm so sick of people trying to who who love each other saying we need to get the government involved in this bullshit. That's that could only make our relationship better. Let's get the government involved. That doesn't make sense to me. You know, why do you want to legislate sex? Because no cop is busting into anybody's house saying, make sure you guys got a wedding certificate or what? Or I'm going to have to give you guys a fine. It's a class four misdemeanor, you know, if you're not married. You're engaged? <sighs> Sorry. Class four misdemeanor, that's $250 plus court fines. I checked the box. You got to come to court. Tell everybody you are not married and having sex. Plus, if this law gets passed, are people going to like go celebrate by going finding a cop car and fucking on top of it? You can't do shit. It's like, I'm sorry, that's lewd behavior. You're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> that's the point. Is the cops are not in your bedrooms. Laws should not be in your bedrooms. All right. Sometimes I cover myself in peanut butter and listen to. Uh, uh, Enya songs while rubbing myself against the, uh, uh, let me find something funny to put it while rubbing myself against my Atari. Cause it's the only thing that brings me joy is my Atari 2600. Interesting. I sleep with it cause it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Fucked it too many times. I was gonna say the peanut, <laughs> peanut butter got inside the smell. Way too much peanut butter. <laughs> Turns out that Atari 2600s don't work so well with a bunch of peanut butter in them. Anyway, uh, Taco Bell apologizes after a sign appears at restaurant calling out workers for showing up late. All right, the boss doesn't really like it when people show up late. Residents in Fairlawn, Ohio, were greeted to an unexpected sight at their local Taco Bell, according to a sign that was posted at the restaurant. The dining room had been closed because too many workers were showing up late for this shift. So here's what, here's, here's what happened. This manager or shift leader, whatever you call people at Taco Bell, uh, posted this sign, like printed it out. I mean, like, yeah, they like on a computer and printed it out. It says dining room is closed until this store's workers, no apostrophe S, workers can show up on time, show up to work on time, exclamation point. We will happily serve you through the drive through as quickly as possible. We're very sorry for the inconvenience. At the bottom it says, please bear with us, B-A-R-E, with us until we find the right team to best serve our community. So, uh... Get naked and go to Taco Bell. Fucking hilarious, right? Uh, douche of a boss. You know? Clearly you uh, have no control of your store. Uh, obviously, the rest of this article is like... Taco Bell's like, whoa, 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 This guy was wrong. Yeah, whoa, 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 Yeah, we still got the Dorito tacos. This guy's way out of line. This Taco Bell. Huh? The views and opinions of this Taco Bell. Yeah. The views and opinions of this particular manager of this particular Taco Bell are not the views and opinions of Taco Bell or any of its subsidiaries. Or KFC, KFC Pizza Hut, and PepsiCo. Not affiliated with us anymore. Dick thing for a boss to do. However, I do understand the impulse. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this 
silly person was probably ex-military. Because in the military, I, I know who the military people are and that, that. That sounds like something a military person would do because uh, that's how the military works. They'll just make fun of you. What's wrong, What's wrong, fat boy? Can't run? I am fat. You know? You know, sometimes, sometimes uh, uh, fat shaming works. <laughs> Certainly worked for me in boot camp. Um, did it hurt my feelings? Yeah. But I went to high school. I went to middle school. I've had my feelings hurt before. I'm an adult. I don't think this world is, owes me anything. Because I had it bad. I was bullied. Yeah, I was bullied. Sometimes you're, you're the bullied, sometimes you're the bully. That's how this world works. The trick is being neither. That's the real trick, being neither. I did not hit her. Did not. Oh, hi, Mark. That's why that shit's funny. That room is so funny, right? It's because it's completely... Horrible. It's like the horriblest. It's so bad. It makes you laugh. I'm actually trying to act here. All right, let's get into this last story. I like, I like funnier stories to end it with. Uh, a pregnant mom brings a Nerf gun to a hospital to keep her husband awake. Mom hack level 10,000. See, it's okay to shoot Nerf guns at, at uh, white men. So uh, nobody is offended here. You know, because, you know, a lot of white men are actual men and don't give a shit about a Nerf gun being shot at them. But, you know, some of these people, <laughs> they shot the Nerf gun at me because I'm black. They shot the Nerf gun at me because I'm transgender. They shot the Nerf gun at me because I like the color blue. Anyway, one funny mom in Wisconsin ensured that her third child would be, oh, so she's been through this before. She's like, this... This son of a bitch slept through the first two babies. <laughs> if only I had a Nerf gun. Anyway, one funny mom in Wisconsin ensured that her third child would be welcomed into the world with guns blazing by bringing a toy Nerf gun to the hospital so that her husband wouldn't accidentally fall asleep when his help is needed. As explained in a Facebook post that has since gone viral with over 16,000 shares and more than 8,500 comments, Samantha Mavic Miller... Uh, hyphenated names. Ravik. I'm sorry if I'm not getting that right. That looks like a Slavic word or something. Ravik Miller packed a little something special in her hospital bag before giving birth in December. Uh, the woman told Fox News that she was inspired to bring the toy weapon as a joke to make sure her husband stayed alert the whole time. Sharing the story uh, behind her mom lack level, level 10,000. Quote, the post came about because uh, when my son, who's almost six, was born... My husband slept through him crying when we were in the hospital three nights in a row. Now the story becomes clear. You had a good reason. Uh, anyway, she said on Tuesday, I had lost my voice on being on oxygen. And uh, one of my, yeah, that really dries you out, doesn't it? Oxygen. Yeah, I'd lost my voice uh, due to being on oxygen. And one of the nights, my call button was also out of reach. And I remember having to throw an empty water bottle at him to try and wake him up. <laughs> Help me get our crying baby. He was zonked out uh, ahead of, its, of a, uh, ahead of a scheduled C-section for the December birth. 
The proud mom, who is also ha also has an 11-year-old son, made sure she was prepared. I was like, cleaning up toys in the house in the morning of the C-section, and she stumbled upon a Nerf gun, and I was like, this could be useful. She said, I'll have better aim than, with this than the water bottle. <laughs> Quote, uh, being a boy mom, Nerf guns are everywhere around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the darts are the boy's equivalent to glitter. <laughs> I like that. Anyways... Anyway, she said she totally forgot the Nerf gun was in her bag by the time she arrived at the hospital until her husband discovered it and was shocked. He said, um, why is there a Nerf gun in here? <laughs> I'm sorry. He said, um, why is there a Nerf gun in here? And she said, all the better to wake you with. Oh, man, she must be an awesome wife. Um, quote, all the nurses thought it was hilarious and left it out for the weekend. <laughs> I'm happy to say... And never did have to use it, she explained. Uh, many social commenters, uh, media commenters, uh, praised the woman's hack as genius and game changer for new moms. I wish I would have had, had this, one Facebook user wrote. Uh, I might, quote, I might just need this for, uh, for life after the baby comes as well. Wake up, the loser. Kid's crying. <laughs> See, it's okay because they're men and they're white. It's okay to talk about violence about those types of people. I, uh, I, I hope EK's uh, almost done with this phone call because uh, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, 7.01 and we're over we're over the time limit. We've got other shows coming on because uh, it's, it's almost time for the show to end. And uh, yeah, I want to remind you, just, like, please go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. There you can also like place advertisements with uh with uh with us, and I guarantee you, you want me to advertise your product, I will make a funny ad about it. I would love to sit there and just like re keep rewriting ads, keep rewriting ads, you know. I mean, especially if there's money involved, pay me. I would love to make a funny funny ad for you, and read it here, on this show. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, check me out on YouTube. Search for the Madman Lowercase, or just search search for Shock Monkey Radio. And you should be able to find it. I'm also on, uh, yeah. EK! <laughs> I'm getting impatient. This show's supposed to end. My uh, brain shuts down at 710. So, so I'm sorry. All you got to do is like fade some stuff out and all that. Anyway, hope you enjoyed me ranting today because I really went at it. Uh, I'm the Madman Lowercase. If you want to email me, madman at fxbgpr.com. I will address your emails if you like, but if you don't want me to like, uh, uh, call you out by name and so forth, I will completely respect your rights. Also, uh, if you want to come in and push buttons. Yeah, we could use an intern here if you want to learn how to, uh, uh, the tools of the trade. Because I like being here. I don't like being over there. And I can't always be over and here. And EK can't always be over there. I like being here because I fucking hate computers. And that's a long story. Maybe we could save it for next week about why I hate computers, why I hate horses, why I hate ostriches, any kind of bird that big. That's, that's evil. That's evil, obviously. Anyway, this has been Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, and I love you.